Get up to two free months of podcast hosting service with Lipson. Use our unique promo code LATINAPOD to get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get critical audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard here, there and everywhere with Lipson. Again, make sure to use Lipson promo code LATINAPOD and get podcasting. Hola, amigas. Mi nombre es Rita Bautista, and I am the founder of the Latina Podcasters Network, a platform created to globally amplify the voices of Latinas who podcast. I started my company because I wanted to hear the voices of my community and my people reflected back into my ears. Well, this podcast is dedicated to all of those dreamers and founders who decided that they also wanted to take a chance on themselves and create something for their community. In Empodera Latina, you'll hear stories from CEOs to social media experts, moms, tech company owners, and leaders from across the world that are all Latinas here to share their stories with you weekly. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Empodera Latina Podcast. I'm your host, Rita Bautista, the founder of the Latina Podcasters Network and also your favorite host for podcasts. Today, I'm really excited to have Linda Garcia back. And if you don't know her name, you should probably get to know it now because she is going to be your stocks guru. Linda has been teaching a course called Ream or Wealth Rules Everything Around Me. And you might also know her as her past in her past life as in Loose We Trust. Linda, thank you so much for joining me today. Rita, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to speak to you all today. Awesome. So Linda, you got started on this journey with investments and now you're teaching this course that's really caught on pretty big in the Latinx community. What was your inspiration for getting started? So it was definitely not something that was a plan. If you would have told me a couple of years ago that I was going to be teaching folks how to invest in the stock market, I would have been like, you're speaking to the wrong person. Definitely not me. I'm not one to talk about money. In fact, I've had so many false money narratives. I've had so much toxicity with my relationship with money. So to be here today, actually, um, teaching a course and having a group of investors, mainly Latina investors, is mind blowing. Like I don't understand it. But to get to your uh, answer, to, to answer your question, I was inspired by the pandemic and the crisis that we were facing. I think all of us had this, um, you know, somewhat desire to help in some way whatever way that was, you know, taking care of elders in your home, making sure your children are safe, you know, storing up on toilet paper, whatever it was that you were called to like focus on, you know, I think all of us wanted to help other people. And one of the things that was very, very clear to me throughout my timeline um, was that during crisis is when millionaires were born. 
I have been working on my relationship with money for a really long time with no success. And one of the things that was extremely clear to me was that in every single crisis, this is when actual uh, money is made. And so I knew I needed to lean into this crisis and I wasn't looking at the community for that. I was looking specifically at the stock market. I had already been an investor since 2013, and I had turned $7,000 into $400,000. And so I knew that there was a big opportunity, even bigger than what I had already um, obtained. And so I wanted to lean into this opportunity in the stock market. I knew it would end up crashing as soon as the virus hit the United States. I had been monitoring it since um, you know, early February, late January. And one of the things that um, I wanted to help was my family. One of the, the folks that I really wanted to help was my family, my, my closest friends. I was like, you guys have to invest. No one would listen to me, Rita. It was so annoying. No one would listen. Um, only two out of all of my family members. And, you know, I have a huge family like most of us do. And um, and so I just took to the public. Like I just started sharing on stories and was like, you, we have to invest. This is the time. And one of the things that I realized during that process is that people aren't just going to invest into the stock market without understanding it. It's scary. Money is scary. And so I have this vision and I see it clearly, but I have to help folks through that process. And so that is why I started Wealth Rules Everything Around Me. It was the pandemic. Which is really awesome that you chose that name, right? Especially talking about, which I've been following you for a while, and I love how you always talk about these money wounds and like how you know, you've been able to basically like beat down this door and be like, no, money is not a thing to be afraid of. This is actually wealth generating, which, you know, for the Latinx community or for women in general, it's like asking for money is a problem, right? Like it's always like, especially in our community, it's money has always been almost that like black sheep because a lot of us have had to start from nothing and create that space. So it's really interesting that you would name your course that. So what was, where did you come up with the name? Because I know, I know a little bit about your hip hop background, but I don't think a lot of people know. So um, it was, I was definitely inspired by Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang's for the children, you know, um, cash rules, everything around me. Um, and I really, I mean, I love that song and I, I wanted to take it a step further because, you know, it's easy for us to say cash and say money, but it's a whole other level to say the word wealth. Like that felt so foreign to me. And so I wanted to bring comfort to the, to the word wealth. And for me, it wasn't necessarily like wealth rules everything around me externally. It was like wealth rules my mind, wealth rules my heart, my body, my soul. It is everything around me. Nothing that can achieve be achieved externally, but instead reflected. So if I can harness that, um, harness wealth internally, then I know I can exude it and I know I can reflect it. And it's not exclusive to me. It's a birthright for all of us. Mm. We're seeing a lot right now when you say it's a birthright, almost of that passing of the torch of education from one person to another. And I remember you speaking about like you took 7,000 and turned it into 400,000. So almost half a million dollars 
Um, who was the person who, who passed the torch to you? Like who taught you how to get into this space? Yeah, it was a white man. It was a white man and a white man, a colleague of mine, um, who had a really good heart, honestly, because he didn't have to educate me for six months straight because it took him forever. He would come to my desk typically during like an earnings call or during a big meeting. And he would ask, so have you started investing into Netflix yet? And I'm like, no, like that's just not for us. I was so scared and he was very patient. Um, and during this time, I was also really trying to understand money, uh, mainly because I had gone from making $13 an hour to making six figures. And I was terrified. I mentioned my toxicity with money. so. I was worried that I wasn't going to be responsible with the amount of money that was coming in. So as I'm asking the universe to give me a guide, here's this guide that feels like an annoying fly that I'm just like, get out of here. Like, I don't invest in the market. We didn't grow up in this way. We didn't have the conversations that you had with your parents. This space isn't for me, you know? And um, he was just very like patient and nurturing and he would show me his portfolio every time it would climb up and show me how much he'd made, how much he had put in. And I took that page with me. I held it with me and I, I, I shared that with the community when I finally uh, got the guts to show my personal portfolio, to share with my family, to share with my friends. I understand that you're scared. I know that this feels like you know, a place we don't belong in, but I want to show you what I've been able to do in the last few years. So I took just the page right out of his book and I, I used that as a demonstration kit. And I feel like that helps so much more than trying to bully my family into doing something that they don't fully understand. Um, yeah. It's almost like you want to ask them to let you borrow money and then just invest it and be like, here you go. This is what I did with it. Almost to like prove to them, hey, you know, I'm not messing with you. This really does happen. And this is real, right? Yeah. yeah. It, I, I mean, I, I don't blame them because I feel like we're bombarded with sales um, pitches and we're bombarded with get rich quick schemes and MLM or whatever, multi-level marketing and all these things, right? That it's it feels like it's really hard to believe that you don't have to work for money. And in actuality, that's one of the things that we really try to teach in Wealth Rules Everything Around Me, that the wealthy don't work for money. They may have um, very successful businesses, but the majority of their money is actually coming from the stock market. They're using the money that comes in from their business to invest it. Even if it's uh, millions, billions, they're using that money to work for itself. And so it's a space that we really need to get into. Um, you describe yourself as a bull, right? So what is the difference between a bull and a bear? Absolutely. So in the stock market, there are uh, two terms, uh, kind of like two teams almost, the bulls and the bears. So many of you may know that famous bull that's outside of the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and that bull just is a representation of who the market is. And so the bears have a very bearish energy is what we like to call it. That is when the stock market is going down or when a person believes that the stock market is going to go down. So the energy of a bear 
is very much of fear. The bear will stand up and sort of scare you and shrink you almost. That's their tactic on how they, um, you know, navigate fear. Um, so that bear is when the stock market is going down or you believe that a certain stock is going to go down. And a bull has horns and they'll just rip right through you. That's their tactic on how they're going to move you out of the way or scare you or that's how they generate, you know, like energy, power, fear. Um, so the bulls in the stock market are folks that believe that the stock market is going to continue to go up. Um, or a specific stock is going to go up. So I am definitely a bull. I do feel bearish towards specific stocks, but overall for the stock market, I am a total bull. I think we should all be investing. I think this is the key to building wealth and one of the easiest keys in comparison to real estate or any other type of investment. You know, it's really interesting because you said you worked for Netflix and um, a lot of people who first start working for corporate America, sometimes get the opportunities to invest, but not all the time. And one of the things that I was actually had a chance to talk to, I don't know if you're familiar with Teresa Gonzalez with Latinas from the block to the boardroom. She has a podcast that talks about like experiences in tech for Latinos. And one of the things that she brought to light was, which was kind of a little disheartening, um, is that the Latinx community the percentage of those who work in tech are actually, um, they're for hire, but they're not actually working for the company. So they can't get investment options because they're not hired on as a, as a full-time employee, their contract. And I thought that was really crazy. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you're doing because you're, you brought to light something that I even went back and talked. Now I'm having conversations with my mother and my niece who's seven years, uh, who's 10 years old just showing her the lines and the candlesticks and seeing if she can pick up on the patterns um, and talking to her about her favorite artist and being like, all right, well, let's figure out what you like and how you kind of like how you broke it down to us. Like, what do you already use? What do you like? How can we put something into here and then just watch it for the rest, you know, just to get her on a very like elementary start off. And, you know, I can, I, I completely, you know, attribute all of that to everything that I learned with you in January. And I wish I would have been able to keep going with it as much as um, that course really offered. Um, but it seems like you're going away from doing dreams. So what is coming up next? Yeah. So you just gave me a good idea. I have to write it down. <laughs> um, so uh, I am, I have retired wealth rules, everything around me. I have um, two really big projects that are coming out soon that as soon as our contracts are finalized, I will definitely be making that announcement. And I think the departure of Wealth Rules, everything around me will become, uh, folks will understand it because it's such a, it's become such a beloved course in our community. And folks are always like, now what, where do I recommend? What resources are we going to be able to have during this point? part like point in time and i'm creating something so much better than wealth rules everything around me i don't want to rest in it i have to share that um in the last six months we have come close to half a million dollars in revenue from the course alone 
And yes. And so you can imagine it's not an easy decision to sort of retire something that has been the biggest revenue maker, especially speaking to someone that like has been an entrepreneur for a really long time. And, you know, I've made very little money um, in 2019 and 2018 and the years prior to that. I just recently did an audit on how much I made and how hard it's really been to actually get to where we are today. But um, we have to set it, we have to put it down to rest because we've learned or I've learned so much in this last year. And I also, um, you know, I want to make something that is a little different in that I really want to see the most investors come out of everyone that gets to take the course. So right now what we're seeing is about 80% of folks that take the course start investing immediately. About maybe 10% have already kind of started investing but are still not investing aggressively. And so we feel that there's about a 20 to 15% rate where we can improve and make sure that we're ushering folks all the way through the process. So it's going to be more more of a long-term experience, maybe a six weeks experience versus a crash course over over two weekends. It's also really hard on me to speak straight for five hours on one day and five hours on the next day. It takes a toll on my energy. It happens, you know, every other weekend. And so we really need to find a structure that is so much more sustainable where we can really scale the business. We're looking to become a multi-million dollar company and we're looking to have multiple streams of income, not just dependent on the course, but other streams that we're currently working on, as I mentioned, that will be announced soon. So it it's like why are you letting go of like the your bread and butter and it's like because we want to be better because we don't want to rest on what we've created we want this is just the beginning that's amazing i mean you're basically and i i believe this wholeheartedly from the first time i met you you just have a special energy about you and the things that you do just really revolutionize the way that people look at things in our community and our culture so i really commend you for that and just taking a risk. And that's one of the things that, you know, we need to see more people like you that are willing to take a risk. And it's scary as hell, but you know what? Like, just do it because you could be the next multimillionaire, you know? Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rita. Saben lo que me encanta? Escuchar podcasts hechos por Latinas con voces en español, inglés y spanglish. Si a ti también te encantan los podcasts hechos de mujeres latinas como yo, Ve a latinapodcasters.com para encontrar más de 70 podcasts que están hechos por latinas y latinx creators como tú y yo. Para más información, visite nuestro website, latinapodcasters.com. You know, and I, I love how candid you are, too, on your social media about just like the changes that you've gone through. And one of the things that I thought was really awesome is like you kind of touched a little bit about how you can, you left the spirituality um, perspective or kind of like the spiritual circle, the community. Um, what, what made you do that? Like, what was that? Cause you initially started off as being more of like a spiritual, I, I don't want to like say the wrong thing as far as like saying a spiritual guide, but really talking about utilizing your intuition. And it was funny because your intuition at a dinner was what caused 
this to continue moving. Like the momentum was, you were like, no, there's something about my intuition that says that this is a good idea. And, you know, I really truly believe that that beautiful energy that you have is important, but I would love to hear about, you know, what the change was for you. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this up. Cause I do feel like it's a really important topic. And I just recently like kind of publicly touched on it and I hadn't touched on it before. So yes. And I, what I like to look at as my past life, I had a podcast called let there be lose. And I would speak on my spiritual journey, something that started at a really, really young age, just to give you context on my background um, you know, at 12 years old, I stood up to my mom and told her I wasn't going to do my first communion, which in a very Catholic household, that was like, what you, you, you can't do that. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I would, there was a Creek by our house and I would spend hours after school by myself at the Creek, really just enamored with nature. And I think like the brilliance and the genius of earth. And so I, that's really where I feel my spirituality began to um, open up. And through the years, I, I then went to become a Christian against my mom's, like, you know, against her will at 14. And then, you know, at 18, I read the Bible from cover to cover. I would just like smoke a joint and dive into, into you know, this holy book. And then I went into Buddhism and I went to di different temples. It really feels like this search that I had of just seeking, like, what is God? You know, who is God? And, and how do I play a role in this, in this world? What's my, what's my job here? What's my mission? And um, that has, was such a rich experience and I really wanted to share it. And that's why Let There Be Lose, the podcast was born. I learned so much via not just that journey, but a lot of books that I had read ever since my early 20s. And then um, I started to really see the spiritual community change and more so aggressively into 2019, I started to see changes. And then 2020, it was like, okay, I don't want to be a part of this. It felt to me like there weren't enough folks that were going through their own personal journey. There was no journey inward and it was journey outward. And it started to feel like a show instead of a journey, uh, more like a performance. Um, a lot of the times when you hear folks speak, I can hear um, where there's a lot of wounds just via a conversation. And a lot of the... Um, folks that were stepping up in the spiritual community, I could hear their wounds. And it was hard for me to witness this, this space. It felt the same as when I wanted to remove myself out of the church. That's kind of the same feeling I felt where I felt like spirituality was becoming the space that was had a level of toxicity that no one was really paying attention to. And also that more vulnerable folks really, truly searching for healing, latching on to these people because they see their own wounds in them. So they attach themselves. And I just felt like this is it. I'm done. I have to close this and I, and I have to go and search in another space. And so it wasn't even necessarily go and search. It was kind of like, I have to go inward. And that's when the start of the pandemic happened and it just kind of aligned and it made me understand that everything is in divine timing, that, you know, I had to open my heart and trust that this was a chapter I had to close. 
in the same way, like wealth rules everything around me. That's a chapter I have to close. Like we have to continuously evolve. That to me is the biggest key in life is evolution and that there is mastery of nothing. So every time I hear like masters coming up in certain spaces, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. That's a good point to make because, you know, we are continuous journey. We're, we're on a continuous learning journey, right? Like even physicians and doctors, they literally, they call them doctors, but they are practicing medicine for the rest of their lives. They never stop practicing medicine. And if a doctor is a doctor, quote unquote, but he is continuously practicing his trade, you'll never truly be a master of anything. We just understand things at a different point right? Everyone's on a completely different journey in their own lives. So I think that's a really good point that you brought up there. Yeah, thanks. It was a, it was a hard departure, but one that's necessary and not necessarily even hard. It was just me practicing my spirituality in private, not participating to this show. Mm -hmm. So do you still use your intuition with the stock market? Always. It's key. It's my key component with my stock market, with my business, with stocks that I'm picking, like the vision I foresee, like, can I see it into the future? If I can't see it into the future and then I don't, I, I don't need to partake in that investment. So yeah, it's key. I mean, intuition is everything. It's our, it's our essence. Yeah. It's like our guiding light that we already have inside of us, but how do you, if, if a person, let's say, doesn't necessarily know how to tap into their intuition, how would you tell them to go about kind of like clearing out the noise? Because sometimes that's really what's stopping us from hearing ourselves is like the noise. So how would you tell someone, hey, you know what, first you got to, because I do love that part about your course in general is like you telling people we got to clear the money wounds, but that just sounds like in general, we have to work through like finding back to the root of who you are and like reconnecting to that space. Yeah. So my favorite way to do this and the reason why the podcast even started was via my period, <laughs> which I know sounds super crazy, but that's how this entire, I guess like that was the, that's the foundation of wealth rules. Everything around me is my period really in all essence, if we want to boil it down. Um, I started to receive really big messages while I was on my period via my intuition. And then one day I get my period and my, I hear my intuition tell me that I received it today for a reason. And at the same time, I am um, looking on Instagram and I see the post that, that it's a new moon. And I freaked out because I knew that that was tied together. So I went down this huge rabbit hole and I started to do all of this research. And I learned that our menstrual cycles are in sync with the moon. And I had never heard this before. This was back in like 2015. It was something that was, or it was 2016. It was something that was new. I never heard this. And I felt like it was another one of those things where I was telling my friends and family, can you believe that we are in sync with the moon? And if you're on, if you're taking pills, you're not in sync, you're not even having your period. And did you know that back in ancient times, 
men actually um, protected women while they were on their moon. They put them in tents and they gave them the tribe's problems, the community's issues. And women were known to be able to speak to God during that time and, and um, come up with solutions to the tribe's problems. So I was like, what? And I just went down that rabbit hole and that is my favorite tool to use because it's something that is so intimate. You don't have to listen to anyone outside of yourself. So you already start to practice the journey within. You've been taught how to hate your period. You've been taught how painful it is, how smelly it is, how disgusting it is, how you've been cursed with this experience once a month. But what you haven't been told is the truth. And that is that this is actually sacred. And that part of the reason why... Um, men have even started sacrificing animals to begin with was believed because they were trying to obtain that same ritual of generating blood um, and giving it to the gods because this was something that women were able to do naturally and since they were able to speak to intuition at the strongest point during this time. So just like remind going down that process and I have an entire podcast on it, Let There Be Loose, wherever you listen to podcasts, where you can go through this journey with me and move closer to yourself. Um, so to me, that's the biggest tool that we have naturally within our bodies. You know, it's really funny because I remember catching up with you here in Houston for the voter drive with a bunch of teenagers, and you're trying to explain this to all these kids. And I was shocked because I would, in my generation, these kids, we would have been laughing. It would have been a whole thing. But these kids, this, and, and from that point on, I realized that this next generation of kids are just going to be absolutely phenomenal. But they absorbed everything you were talking about. And they were even asking more questions in depth. Boys and girls were asking about, and it was actually more boys, I think, that were asking about the questions on the period and how they can actually tap into their own femininity. And I was just like in awe of all of these students listening to this conversation that you're having about the menstrual cycle and how how powerful it is. So from that point on, ladies, listen, stop being afraid about being emotional. Maybe there's a reason. There might be a stock you need to tap into out there. Go look at the market while you're on your period. You never know that emotion might be something that you need to invest in. But, you know, I agree with you 100%. I think it is time for us to re-tap into that femininity, but not just the femininity, like embracing the beauty of what our body actually has the capability of doing. Yeah, it's such a powerful vehicle and we're constantly mistreating it, you know, whether it's with our thoughts, our actual words, which is even worse in actions that we're taking. And it's just, we just don't know, right? When we know better, we do better. That's right. That's right. So Linda, all right, we are now, let's say we're now masters of the stock market. Now, I remember when you first started doing um, Reem, you weren't really talking about crypto. This was kind of more fixed on um, the stock market, which is great because obviously it's not as volatile as <laughs> the crypto market is. But what do you see moving forward for cryptocurrency? I definitely believe that blockchain technology, that cryptocurrency is the future. I believe that um, at some point in time, those that are that regulate these systems will eventually have to accept it as an actual currency. It's not accepted right now. I mean, we have like Warren Buffett 
you know, and Charlie Munger aggressively hating on crypto and how it's disrupting the banking system. And I get it. Like the banking system was their thing. You know, that was something that was like their era, but things are changing now. And I think as soon as that era is, um, ushered out completely as soon as that transition happens we are going to see um you know the aggressive changes of a new currency we're seeing them already right now but we need for we need there to be some sort of um regulation surrounding or at least an announcement where it's finally accepted as a currency we know el salvador has done that which is a huge move for cryptocurrency in general so awesome very exciting news and i think that other countries are going to follow in pursuit. So we need to look at this as a baby currency. Think about when the dollar was born. Um, so it's time for us to actually start looking at this as a viable resource and um, an investment and a new asset class. Um, obviously, we need to be very careful because it is not regulated. There's a lot of fake coins that are popping, popping up every single day. So we need to be mindful that we're investing into coins that are actually legit. My current investments are in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, and those are just the ones that I feel the most comfortable in because, you know, they have a, a reputation. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's the future. I'm excited for these types of changes, the disruption of the banking system, a system that has been oppressing people of color for far too long. We are revolutionizing the game. It's incredible. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I brave about this because I talked to my brother back in November about Dogecoin and I was right before you're taking your class. I was on Robinhood. I'm not, this is not an ad for Robinhood. So please don't download this app. You should probably go on Fidelity, which is free. And you would learn that from Linda, but, <laughs> but, um, or, you know, Coinbase or wherever you would get your cryptocurrency. But he listened to me and he purchased a couple of coins at that point and it skyrocketed. And he was lucky to to make the smart moves of watching it. But he was like, it was the most stress I've ever had in my life. But he watched it and it was just like something so awesome to be able to say, you know, we can pass on this knowledge to somebody else to be able to also create wealth and continue to create wealth. It was it was such a great feeling to pass on that information. And like now I'm like, no, now you have to diversify your investments and now you need to get into like, it's just like, you know, you have you want to protect once the wealth is there, you want to protect it too and making sure that people make those smart decisions. But I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on Dogecoin because it tends to be, it seems to me that it's becoming the cryptocurrency of the people is what I describe it as. But what are your thoughts on Dogecoin? I love Dogecoin. I love a good meme stock. Don't get me wrong. I really love a good meme stock. I know it's a cryptocurrency, but I love a good meme investment. And I think out of the cryptocurrencies, um, you know, Doge is definitely the meme. We have, you know, the AMCs of the, the memes of the stock market. Um, and so I love to see those types of experiences because as you mentioned, it is for the people and we've seen how people can rally around something. AMC and GameStop is a really great example of that in the stock market and how we can almost flex our power. 
Um, Doge starting off as a joke, and this is what I mean, like it started off as a joke, right? You invest in it because it's something that brings you joy. It's something that makes you happy to be part of, like part of a community, part of the people, and that's why you're investing into it. I think it becomes extremely powerful when it becomes more of a viable source, like what we've experienced, like the uptick in Doge and more folks being ushered in. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I love to, I don't necessarily participate more because my risk, my level of risk tolerance isn't there. And I think that you have to have a high level of risk tolerance and you can find out what that's like if you participate and you're like, oh my gosh, it was stressful, but I can handle it. Or it was stressful because I've never experienced this before, or it was stressful and it was amazing because I didn't realize how money literally does work for itself and you don't actually have to lift a finger for it. So I think it's a great learning experience. I try to um, not be so risk-taking. Although if you, some people look at my portfolio and they're like, you're invested in Tesla, you, you know, that feels risky. And to, but to me, it doesn't. So I think it just depends from person to person, but I love what Doge has done. I, I think Doge, GameStop and AMC have really ushered in a whole new type of investor. What I really, really hope is that just like you said, that they're diversifying understanding the risks and moving money into other places that now they've they've established sort of a love a comfort level in investing um yeah i think it's great yeah and then also remembering that those dollars that you win there is taxes to pay if you pull out y'all it's not just like you can have this money i mean it's there right it's your money but there's also taxes to pay so just something to keep in mind because capital gains is an awesome tax Uncle Sam will always get his money. Yes. yes, always, always, always. All right, Linda. So if we were sitting here talking to Linda at 10 years old, what do you wish you would have known then that you know now? Uh, I think I would have wished to have known that things were definitely going to get harder. I think a heads up of, I know it's been rough. I know the first 10 years have been rough, but the next 10 years are going to be even worse. And you're going to find a, you're going to hit a place where you're going to want to give up. And I just want to tell you, thank you for not giving up. <laughs> That's beautiful. You're going to make me cry, girls. <laughs> you know, I think so many people go through so many different journeys and we never know what they're going to look like in our lives. But I'll tell you one thing. If little Linda is looking at you right now from this side, she'd be like, yes, we did it. Like, we're so excited right now. So, you know, it's so much to celebrate, especially when we get a chance to like turn around and look at the, you know, talk to the girl who was back there, who went through that journey. And I'm sorry for whatever you went through, but I am so damn proud of you that it is unbelievable. And, you know, hopefully everybody out there continues to follow you. And here's your advice on all of this amazingness that you're doing for yourself and for the community and helping people Thank create both of them their own. Because, I mean, that's, that's insane, right? It's like one of those things where you're like, 
okay, I made it. So let me help everybody else make it too. And that is like in and of itself, just a great sign of achievement. Thank you. Thank you, Rita. I received that. Thank you. I'm a huge champion about like, I love, you know, obviously one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing this podcast is because when we were growing up, there wasn't always people to look up to or there, even now, sometimes it's still challenging for mujeres Latinas to find like an inspiration or to find a place to find, you know, to look at, to say, oh, this is a role model or this person in my community is actually creating this. So I don't have to go outside of the box or look to somewhere else to connect. There's people who are already doing it here. Yeah, it's important work. We need it. We need it continuously. We need more of it. Yeah. So what's one thing that you would tell everybody who's listening right now um, about investing? Like the one golden rule, obviously we have the intuition thing, right? But what's the one golden rule that you would tell everyone about investing? Yes. The number one golden rule for me is please understand that this isn't a get rich quick scheme. That's, that's the first little caveat to what I'm about to say. And that capital growth is created via a long-term investment and cash flow is created via a short-term investment. So the key here is to create capital growth. What we want to do is build generational wealth. And so I was able to turn $7,000 into half a, almost half a million. It's, it's actually over half a million now. It's the, those $400,000 have now grown by $120,000. So it technically is over half a million now, but I was able to do that because I made a long-term investment. I was disciplined and patient. And that's going to be the ultimate key. Trust me, don't try to think that you're smaller, smarter than the market. Don't try to sell in and out of uh, small positions. You're going to have to understand that leaving it in there is going to be key. Are you a podcaster and having trouble trying to get an audience to connect to your podcast? Well, we have a solution. Join the largest global platform in the world for Latinas who podcast, latinapodcasters.com. Add your podcast to the directory, and you'll get a lot more listenership to your podcast. For more information, go to latinapodcasters.com. Oh, wow. Okay, Linda, so amo llegado a the power hour, or la hora del poder, right? And so during this time, we shoot off rapid fire questions. You just have to answer the first thing that comes to you at the top of your head, just like quick, boom, boom, boom. And it helps us get to know who you are just a little bit better. Are you ready? Yes. Awesome. Ready. What is your go-to karaoke song? Juicy by Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last song you listened to on Spotify? It was a Tyler, the creator song, a new song he just put out. So I don't know the name. What telenovelas did you watch growing up? Rosa Salvaje. Simplemente Maria. <laughs> Quinceañera. Quinceañera. Oh, that was a good one, too. Who is your favorite family member? Sometimes my daughter, sometimes my son. Good answer. Good, an <laughs> good answer. 
Do you have family holiday traditions? We do. We have a gingerbread making contest every Christmas morning. Oh, it's my favorite. Who would be your dream guest on your future podcast for finance? I'm putting it out there into the universe. Who knows? But <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So right now in this moment, it would be Rachel Rogers who just wrote the book, We Should All Be Millionaires. That would be my dream guest. Nice. Did you have a nickname growing up? <gasps> I did. I had a gang name. My, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm gonna share this. <laughs> I was in a gang. I was in a gang and my, nick, my gang name was Crazy Google. Crazy goo goo. Cuckoo. That's like goo goo. Crazy goo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like insane in the membrane. Like, basically. <laughs> yes. You didn't want to mess with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look at that. Now you're now you're influencing the market. So you go from crazy <laughs> to crazy cuckoo in the market. There you go. <laughs> if there were 25 hours in a day, what would you do with that extra time? Oh, I would sleep in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I think every, almost everyone would do that. Like really? I, yeah. Question. Yeah. Everyone goes into that. I think I would sleep. Um, so, and then I have one last question for you. If tomorrow you woke up and you had $10 million, someone put $10 million in your bank account, how would you spend it? I would buy land. I would buy more land. I would put some in the stock market and I would be an investor for my daughter's school. So I'd invest in the land for the school. <laughs> a lot of land, a lot of land. Um, of course, I would donate to an organization specifically for teen moms. And yeah, that sounds about right. It sounds like a good portfolio right there. <laughs> Real estate, stock market, and then investing in the future and nonprofits. So you heard it here, you guys. This is how we're supposed to be spending our money from the Latina Latinx guru of the stock market, Linda Garcia. It has been a pleasure having you here. Do you want to share any last things before we head out? I just want to share that it is important for us to understand how money will work for us. It is one of the biggest revolutionary acts that we can participate in. It is one that for me, I believe creates actual change, not only in our personal lives, but in the lives of our children, nieces, nephews, extended family members, friends, and community, that um, money is not the root of all evil. It is um, something that is our birthright. We deserve abundance. We deserve wealth and we deserve to have freedom in choices and experiences. Well, on that note, everybody, thanks so much for joining us in Empodera Latina podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.
Thanks for tuning in to Empodera Latina podcast with your host, Rita Bautista. I'm hoping that you got a chance to fill yourself up with amazing, empowering stories from Latinas like you and I. For more information on Latina Podcasters Network, go to latinapodcasters.com. We also have a directory of over 70 podcasts listed there, all made by Latina and Latinx podcasters. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all your social media platforms. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. And remember, keep it positive or don't keep it at all. Get up to two free months of podcast hosting service with Lipson. Use our unique promo code LATINAPOD to get your show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get critical audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard here, there and everywhere with Lipson. Again, make sure to use Lipson promo code LATINAPOD and get podcasting.